Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. Here we go. Jeremiah chapter one. Somebody say legit. Um, look at your neighbor and tell him, be who you are. Actually, find three more people. Just look around. Just make eye contact. Tell them, be who you are. Be who you are. Being who you are. Legit. All right? God doesn't want you to be anybody else. He didn't create you to be anybody else. Because if that were the case, then you're unnecessary to be here then. But because you're here, you're unique. Your contribution is unique. You are distinguished. You are different. Somebody say Amen. And you have a unique contribution in the kingdom of God in life on this earth. You are different. You are unique. And that's what this whole series is about. Um, we're in legit being who you are. Once again, download the podcast so you can, um, uh, or, or the app so you can download the podcast and listen to these messages. We're, today, we're going to dive into Jeremiah. And literally, I want to speak to the Jeremiah in you. Or another way to put it, maybe all of us can just crawl up in the Bible and just crawl up inside Jeremiah. Because I believe when God called Jeremiah, there, there's something about his story that, that, that can touch all of us. That I believe God has put a concern for somebody inside of your heart. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. His name means to, to wail. So he had, God brought him into the earth because something about what was happening around him concerned him to the point of tears and I believe that everybody in here there is something you care about so much there is somebody you care about so much that that it brings you to tears that it bothers you and as believers those being legit being called to be who we are that God wants to ignite something in you just like we did that many of us were brought to tears just a moment ago in the presence of God. God wants to put something so big up on your life that it will bring you to tears. I'm talking about good tears in a sense. I'm talking about that you care. Jeremiah had a call on his life and, and he put this, this anointing on Jeremiah's life. He was a prophet, a spokesperson. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. You are the voice of God to somebody. You are a prophet in a sense that you are called to open your mouth and, 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 to, and to speak the word of God to somebody. You are called to make a difference in somebody else's life. You are called to serve God by serving others. There is somebody attached to the word of the Lord that's inside your spirit. We're going to look at Jeremiah, but I want you to see yourself in this story. So let me pray. Father, we just thank you for your word, and we pray that as we just dive into this, I pray that revelation in life just flows. There's impartation, that it ignites something, that it does something to our spirit, that it brings us into a new level of understanding of who we are and what we're called to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. If you're there, say, I got it. All right. All right, make sure you check your neighbor. Make sure they're not on social media. Make sure they're in the Bible here. Come on now. Come on, we need, we need peer-level accountability up in here. You need to look out for one another. You aren't only accountable to someone, you're accountable for someone. I said you're not only accountable to someone, you're accountable for someone. I'll say it again. You're not only accountable to somebody, you're accountable for somebody. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1 into 3. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, 
He's a priest. He's a pastor's kid. Grew up in church. And it sense of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. So Josiah, when he called Jeremiah, Josiah was, was called to be a king at eight years old. So at this point, Josiah was actually about 20, 21. Okay? He was reigning 12 years. He was only 21 years old. In the 13th year of his reign, it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah. It just talks about the, the, the era that Jeremiah prophesied. I don't think it mentions every king in this scripture, but, but Jeremiah prophesied for 40 years. And there were 10, sorry, five kings reigned during Jeremiah's era as a prophet. Somebody say longevity. Year, year of um, Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. He basically reigned. Reign or prophesied for 40 years up until the children of Israel were taken into Babylonian captivity. And so he was called right here. We're going to get into this. And I just want to just share this, that Jeremiah was called of God. And he continued with God and prophesied until he died in Egypt for 40 years. 40 years. I, I want to encourage you. This is why I want you to put, I want you to crawl up into Jeremiah. I'm here to tell you right now that God's call on your life isn't supposed to be just a nice little uh, couple months, just a couple years. God wants to put something on you that you walk with him until, until the casket drops. Somebody say amen. God wants to put something on you. He wants you to walk with him until he's completed what, what he's called you to do. All right, here it is. Verse four. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Somebody say uh, identity. Somebody say identity. Say it again. Okay, but before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. I'm going to read it one more time. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Here's my first point. We're going to go quickly here because I have 13 minutes. Uh, God created, fashioned, and established the real you. This is where he started with Jeremiah. He says he knew him. Uh, before he formed them. Isn't that amazing that every last one of us were in Christ before we were brought into our mother's womb? We were in God. He knew you before you came here. I don't remember anything. Anybody remember anything before you were born? No. But, 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 but that's, that, that's where we come from. You come from God. The Bible says you were in Christ before the foundation of the world. All right? That he died for us, the Bible says, before the foundation of the world. We were in Christ before that. We, were, we came from God. I'm going to read it one more time, this verse. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you. He's about to call him to do something great for him, but he wanted to establish the legitimacy of his sonship first. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. This is the process if you're taking notes. When God calls you, first and foremost, he knew you. Intimacy is God's most important um, thing when it comes to walking with God. He, he, and for him himself, your relationship with God matters more to him than you doing something for him. I'm going to say it again. Your relationship with God in Christ means more to God than you doing something for him. You will do something for him, and he has an assignment for you, but he is more concerned with your relationship with him than anything else. 
So it's intimacy. The next thing was, that, and before you were born, I sanctified. The next thing, the next most important thing about your walk with God is that God desires to separate you. To, that, that, that he would make you a holy vessel. That there are certain things you won't touch or do or say anymore because he sanctifies you. Intimacy with him is number one. And as a result of intimacy with God, your lifestyle will change. I'm going to say it again. As a result of your intimacy and relationship with God in Christ, your lifestyle will change. It will be different. It will be, there'll be some adjustments. Has anybody been called by God and as a result of walking with him that your lifestyle changed? Am I the only one? All right, and then the next thing is I ordained you a prophet to the nations. God calling you to do and the assignment he's placed on your life is the third thing. First is your intimacy, I knew you. Second is separation unto holiness. Third is here is what I'm calling you to do. Once again, God created, fashioned, and established the real you already. It's already done. Verse 6. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I can't speak. I cannot speak, for I am a youth. Here is my second point. Your inadequacies will challenge your identity. Jeremiah prophesied for 40 years, and there was a total of five kings, and I said this before, that reigned during his life. And so here's the thing. It's amazing what God will do with somebody that starts with an I can't. He started with I can't. God's like, oh, we'll see about that. I can't because I'm young. That's how he started. It's amazing what God will do. Moses said the same thing. Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I mean, that God actually is, is, is calling people that say, I can't. I'm too young. I can't. I'm a, I'm a minority. I can't. I'm not that I'm a, I mean, I'm a minority in here, but sometimes, uh, but somebody say amen. Come on, Hispanic, say amen. Come on. But, but sometimes, I say, and this is the thing, is God didn't say nothing about being young. There is nothing wrong with being young. Who was telling the boy that? Culture was. Society was. Religion was. Said, I can't. And, you, and look, I understand the struggle in society with certain things. This was a real struggle for him because somebody was saying, you can't. And he was reciting something he heard. As a young man, I can't. I'm young. And, 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 and there's many times we say, I can't, you know, um, you know I can't because, you, know, uh, you know, if you're a woman, I know some of you women have said that too much. I can't. I'm a woman. I know. No amens from the women. Not one. Not one amen. I'm going to come down here. I can't. I can't. I'm a woman. So, sometimes it's, I can't. I'm a woman and I'm black. I can't. It's what society said. It's what culture said. I can't. I'm a woman and I'm Puerto Rican. I can't. I can't. I, I grew up, I grew up um, in a gang family. I can't. I can't. I can't. I struggle with this. I struggle with that. I can't. I was a drug addict. I can't. It's amazing what God will, how God will use. I can't. 
I'm Asian. I can't. Oh, it's quiet up in here tonight. Not tonight, this morning. I can't. Your inadequacies will challenge your identity every time. Can anybody relate to me? I can't. I was abused as a child. How many I can't? I can't. What if they find out? I can't. I can't. Then said I, it's funny how he said, oh, Lord God, he's so, he's so spiritual. I mean, it's amazing how much we can acknowledge Jesus as Lord and immediately after. I mean, this man has a relationship with God. Hear me. He's saying, Lord God. He's recognizing the Lordship of God. He is acknowledging him as Lord of his life. And he's acknowledging, he has faith in God, but zero faith in what God put inside of him. Oh, Lord God, I can't. Oh, Jesus. He was all up in church. All up, he was probably worshiping God. He's probably burning inside, doing his thing. And all the while, doing his religious duty and still walking with an I can't. Then, I, then said I, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. Don't allow culture, if you're taking notes, don't allow culture, society, or religion dictate to you who you are or what you can do. Do the opposite and smile. I'm going to say it again. Don't allow culture, society, or religion dictate to you who you are or what you can do. Jeremiah was listening to something that was not coming from God. It's amazing. The call of God. God will call you to do something. The society says you can't. The world says you can't. Your own mind and own life experiences say you can't. God's like, no. He's like, I called you as a prophet to the nations. I can't. Here it is. Here's my third point. Here's my third point. Here it is. God will reject your excuses and continue with his instructions. Somebody say, thank God. God wants, God's going to reject your excuses. Maybe he's going to reject them. He's not going to reject you, but he's going to be like, Excuse me? I can't. At least that's how I feel he talks to me sometimes. Stop that. Here it is, verse 7. I'm going to say it again. Let's say this together. Let's recite this together. Say, God will. Come on, participate. God will reject my excuses and continue with his instructions. <laughs> Let's say it again like you mean it. Say, God will, God will. reject my excuses and continue with his instructions. All right, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 7. But the Lord said to me, do not say, do not say, do not say, don't say that. Stop that. Stop saying that. I said, stop saying that. You need to stop saying that. Stop say Don't say it. There's power in words. God knew there's power in words. Stop saying what society's saying. Stop saying what the devil's saying. Stop saying what your emotions are saying. Start saying what God is saying. Stop saying what the world says. Stop saying what politicians say. Somebody say amen. 
Stop saying what they're saying. Who cares what they're saying? Don't matter. It's not going to last. It's a, the Bible says the word of God is, is forever settled in the heavens. The man who does the will of God will live forever. The one thing we ought to be saying is the one thing that will never change. If anybody's changing, it's me. It's you and me. If, but this right here, do not say what others are saying, what the devil's saying, what the world do. do God said, don't say that. What's funny is he was a youth, but he's like, don't say that. You got to watch your mouth. Look at your neighbor and say, watch your mouth. Come on, say it. Say it like, like, like they just said something wrong, right? Say it with, look at him and say, watch your mouth. Like, say, like, oh, you gotta, you gotta, like, look at it, oh, bug your eyes out, watch your mouth. Anybody feel good saying that? Yes. All the outgoing extroverts are like, yes. Right? Let's do it one more time. Y'all right? Look at the particip class participation. Look at somebody and say, watch your mouth. Feels good saying that. I know what it's like. Sometimes there's times I'm discouraged. My wife is like, what's the word say? I'm telling you, I, I, I married a woman of God. I can't get away with anything. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Do not say. Don't say it. Stop saying it. Stop saying that. Do not say I'm a youth. Look at God's like, look, here goes the treasure. Because uh, guess what, Jeremiah? You need to watch your mouth because you're going to go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. God understands the power of words. Look at, speak words of life over yourself and others. I was hanging out with some young people this week. I personally just love to be around young people and empower them and release them and what they're called to do and encourage them. And I've been around young people, you know, and even lately, and I was talking to a couple young people recently, and uh, their father's not in their life. And they're just talking. But I instantly, something in me, I'm going to just, I'm going to speak life over them. Man, you, you, you're doing amazing. You, you got a great future. I'm going to speak life. So you, you get around me. I don't care how jacked up you are. There's just life coming out of me. You get around me, you're going to leave encouraged. Somebody say, speak life. I'm like, man, you got a great future, man. You're, go man, you're going somewhere, man. You're educated, man. You're, you're doing this thing. You're, 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 you're going to fulfill all God's called you to do. I mean, you got this thing. You got this, man. You're, I'll even tell him, man, you're way smarter than me. Look at, I mean, you're, you're, you're intelligent. You, you're, you're, you're pursuing God. You're going after God. You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to do this thing. You're, God's going to use you in a mighty way. Speak life. All right, here's my, here's my next point. Let's read verse 8 first. Do not be afraid of their faces. Don't say that, and don't be afraid of their faces. Talking to Jeremiah, I'm talking to you today. I'm talking to everybody in here today. Don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. This is the thing, is that um, our excuses are usually masking a different issue. 
because it had nothing to do with his age. That's just what he happened to voice. Maybe he didn't understand the real issue, but God's like, look, it ain't nothing to do with what you, how old you are. Jeremiah, you're dealing with a fear. This is the saying he said, don't look at their faces. This is the thing. I want to encourage people in here today. Well, this is something God just dropped on me last night um, when I was just in the shower, is that Jer- this thing, this struggle, Jeremiah, he grew up in a church environment, and he was scared of those people their faces because he knew that's who I'm going to be prophesying to that's who I'm going to be speaking to so Jeremiah had an issue with community the community it was faces it was people him being called in the midst of people and God and there was a fear in him and um When it comes to community and relationship, I said this earlier that community isn't, accountability isn't just that we need accountability because I'm accountable to someone. Accountability is that we all are supporting each other in community, that I'm not only accountable to you, I'm accountable for you. And and, and Christian community, that, that's what connect groups are all about. Because if Pastor Crystal Gale and Pastor Sean are the only two you're accountable to, we're missing something. Because accountability is a community word. And that we are accountable for each other and to each other. Accountability is never one direction. It's never like, oh, you jacked up. You need an accountability partner. Anybody grew up in church knew that. When you messed up, okay, you need to call so-and-so at 6 in the morning. They're going to pray for you on the phone. That never happened to me. I just heard it. That Accountability partner. That means you are going to spiritual jail until you get right. Somebody say amen. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. It was all you need to be accountable to somebody. But accountability is a community word. It is mutual. Jeremiah was called. Look at this, man. He was called. He dealt with fear. Check this out. God called a prophet with issues and did not deliver him immediately of his issues. He put him in a community for people to walk with him through his issues. So God's responsibility is to call people that are jacked up and say, man, you're called of God. I'm going to place you in this body. And God is going to see how that body walks with people through it. God's not going to solve all your issue problems directly from him. He actually has the answer through the person in church that gets on your nerves. Call Jeremiah. He says, I'm going to be with you to deliver you, but I'm going to put you in community. I'm going to make you accountable for a people and to a people while you're still walking out your stuff. And this is the thing I've seen in the church is God himself sovereignly calls people, places them in a body, and the body doesn't walk with them through it. They judge them and repel them from community. Calling people is God's job. Walking with them through their issues is the church's job. Yeah, mm, Jesus is the center of my joy. 
Lord, all that's good and perfect. Anybody know that song? Comes from you. <laughs> ah. God calls people with issues. Here we go. I'm almost done, guys. Oh, man, I'm five minutes over. You guys didn't even tell me. God calls people. Here we go. God calls people with issues. We're talking about Jeremiah. We're talking about a major prophet. We're talking about a prophet that prophesied for 40 years over the, through the reign of five kings. We're talking about a legit prophet that walked with God, thrown into a pit in prison for walking with God. We're talking about a faithful man of God, and God called him, and he still had some fear issues inside of his soul, and God still put him in a place to, to, to cause people around him to make them all accountable for his outcome. Aren't you glad God called you with issues? Somebody raise your hand and say amen. Aren't you, God, aren't you glad God put you in a community that, with people that are willing to walk with you through your issues? Somebody say amen. As I'm going to say it one more time, aren't you glad that, glad that God called you even with your issues? Somebody say amen. Aren't you glad that God put you in a community with people that are willing to walk with you through those issues? God calls people with issues. Here it is. And he expects the community he puts them in to walk with them through their issues. Legit, be who you are. Because just because God calls somebody doesn't mean, and it does not mean they have it all together. He doesn't call people when they have it all together. And because they have it all together, he calls, he calls people because that's just his choosing. And he expects community to walk with people through them. Man. What if the church did a better job of that? This isn't a question of compromise. It's a question of compassion. Amen? How many, call, I mean, think about the issues the called people of God had in the Bible. We're talking murderers. And like, and then in the early church, the local church didn't even want Apostle Paul around. They're like, dude used to kill us. Like, I don't know about him. So he needed other people to have his back and say, no, man, he's legit now. Somebody say, he's legit. Here it is. We're almost done. Uh, verse 9 to 10, and we'll close. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Here we go. And the Lord said to me, behold, I've put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build, and to plant. So here it is, a man with these issues of fear. And God calls him and says, don't be afraid of their faces, for I'm with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And then he puts, touches the man's mouth. It's made, like, I just want to encourage you that the Bible says, you know, he puts his word in our mouth and in our heart. People just walking through stuff. You have your own issues, things you're walking through, and God has touched your mouth. Like you are Jeremiah to somebody. You are the voice of God to somebody. God has touched your mouth. He said, open your mouth and I'll fill it. God has touched your mouth. He's touched your mouth. You're still walking through your stuff. You, need, you know, and, 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 you, and you need God, your relationship with God and walking with him. But I'm here to tell you, you need community. Bible reading and study is an essential part of your growth. 
But I'm here to tell you right now, you will only grow as much as your commitment is to relationship in a kingdom context. It's just how God created us. It's how God grows us. It's how God develops us. He put a prophet in community. And here it is, the word that's in you. This is my last point. The word in you will give you influence. The Bible says once he touched his mouth and put the word in him, it says he set him over. So the word of the Lord inside of you, the word of God that God gives you, when he touches you, touches your mouth, touches your heart with the word, fills your mouth with his heart and his word, you get this word in you. I'm here to just encourage you right now that the word, the level to the word that's in your life is a level that you'll be elevated, influenced. It's the word. It's the word of God inside of you. It's your ability to, to um, receive the word and speak the word. God's going to elevate you, all right? And I believe God wants to do that to people in here um, this morning. I believe God wants to elevate you. I, I, I kind of sp- spoke that out of my heart and my spirit during ministry time, but I really believe that this is a season for God to elevate people. He wants to touch your mouth. Don't say. Don't verbalize the excuses. Don't verbalize those excuses. Don't verbalize the I can't not. I cannot. He's going to put his word in your mouth. And he wants to elevate you. God is in the elevating business. You humble yourself. You will be Talk to me. Exalted. Wants to lift you up. Bring you. Wants to give you influence. Wants to elevate you. You know, he wants to, you know, uh, time and time again in Scripture, come on up here. Come up to this mountain. Moses got the commandments from a mountain. Abram got the provision to not have to sacrifice a son on a mountain. Jesus continually went up to a mountain to pray. Jesus was crucified on a hill called Golgotha. God wants to elevate you. He wants to, the word inside you wants to elevate you. He wants to touch your mouth. He wants to touch your mouth with the word of God and elevate your life. He wants to elevate you. You want caught, look at, don't get comfortable where you are because things are about to change. Can I prophesy to you? You might be like, man, Pastor Sean, I'm doing so much better than I was a year ago. Awesome, but just don't get comfortable. Well, Pastor John, you don't know where I've been. You don't know how far I've come. I know. That's awesome. Congratulations. I'm glad you're here, but check it out. Keep climbing. Don't get comfortable. Don't, 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 don't put the lid on it. Take the lid off of it. Come on. God wants to elevate you. Some of you have led amazing connect groups, but I think, I, I believe, oh, it's just the beginning. No, it's going to get better. Don't put the lid on it. There's more for you. Man, I finally got a job, Pastor Sean. I'm finally, finally, getting, finally getting some track. Oh, praise God. That's just the next step. Come on. There's more. There is more. He's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. So everything you've asked or think, just, just, it's going to go a little further. Oh, Pastor, I finally get my life together. I'm finally, you know, I finally got my kids back. I finally, well, I, oh, awesome. That's praise the Lord. Check it out. Now God's going to elevate you even some more. He wants to elevate you more. Well, Pastor Sean, you know, I got my education. Now, you know, I got my bachelor's. But no, no, no. God wants you to get your master's. So come on now. Come on now. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to get smarter. Now he wants to elevate you. Man, I feel like I'm really hearing from God. Oh, that's awesome. But you can hear God from God more. 
Man, I feel like at times I just have a word for somebody. Yeah, God's going to use you to prophesy over somebody. Well, Pastor Sean, man, if, if you knew where I was, the house I grew up in and see me now, you'd be like, dang, God does miracles. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. Congratulations. Welcome. Uh, but it's going to get better. I just want, I, I'm here to encourage you today, legit being who you are. Why? Because if, as long as you're here, there's more. There's a brighter day. You say, Pastor Sean, man, me, my, me and my, uh, my spouse, you know, we were, we were going through it, but now it's better, man. We're, we're getting along now. We, we don't even fight as much. Well, praise the Lord. That's awesome. You're still married. Hallelujah. But it's going to get more better. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm about to get elevated. You come a long way. You come a long way, but it's you with ministry and dreams in your heart, God's going to elevate you. I said, God's going to elevate. Everything God put in you isn't intended for it to stay there. It's just that's where it starts. Come on, it's going to manifest. That dream's going to manifest. Those dreams are going to manifest. That business is going to manifest. That, that thing you see that, that you don't think and people didn't think you could ever be and, and, and release and do, it's going to get elevated. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.